And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to No Buts, the weekly show for the casual baseball fan here on The Athletic. I'm Tass Mellis. With me in studio is super producer JD. Hello. Hey, JD. And with us from Taiwan, where he lives, my co-host all season long, it's Joel McMillan. Jolie, what's up? Uh, good morning. Good morning, I guess I should say. Right, 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 right. 12-hour difference. That's we, right. We were discussing before we went on when you were feeding your cats, because they are loud animals. <laughs> so first question for you, Joel, the most important one. Have you fed your cats yet? Cats are fed tasks. They're ready to go. Uh, we switched the time to eight o'clock. We got one of those like automatic dispensers that we can control by the phone. So you can j- just links to Bluetooth and you can change the time. So they ate at eight o'clock. Don't worry. They're fed. Yes. <laughs> and as you can tell, we are going live here Wednesday mornings, Eastern Standard Time in the evening for Joel. Every Wednesday on YouTube, the Athletic Baseball Show feed on YouTube. Find it there. We are excited to join the Athletic Baseball Show feed. Get your podcast wherever you get your pods. We'll be here every week. What can you expect from No Bunts this season, Jolie? I think, of course, we're going to cover the storylines, but we want to be a little different and get into the stuff around the game. For instance, I'm sure Mm -hmm. we're going to do a show on superstitions or pop culture or the in-game experience, which we're going to get into today because you went to a game in Taiwan for the World Baseball Classic. So we're excited about doing this show from March to November on the Athletic Baseball Show feed. Again, get it wherever you get your pods or on YouTube. We got MLB coming up in a few weeks, Joel. So we have some time here uh, to discuss the World Baseball Classic. Mm -hmm. And you went to a game, Pool A, in Taiwan. A lot on the Mm -hmm. line and a a unique baseball experience that I want to get to because the game is different Mm -hmm. in Taiwan and in Asia than over here in North America. We won't analyze the games so much that have happened throughout the tournament. We'll do that next week when the sure. tournament the tournament is over, and I'm sure we're going to get into, you know, the the best equipment, the best uniforms, the best names because I know you want to get into that. I, I, <laughs> I saw you list that in our shared Google Doc, so I'm ex- I'm excited to get into that stuff. Uh, but just to give you everyone out there a quick recap of what's happened, Pool A and Pool B are done essentially. Those took place mm-hmm. in in Taiwan and Japan, respectively. And they finished a little earlier than Pool C and Pool D, which are going on here stateside, just to give the teams a a couple days to come over because the semifinals will happen in Miami. Two of Australia, Cuba, Italy, and Japan, they're battling it out right now, and those two will join the semifinals, which will take place in Miami March 19th to the 21st when the finals happen. So again, we'll recap whether it's the U.S. or the Dominican or Venezuela joining two of those uh, prior teams I mentioned, we shall see. But Pule, Taiwan, 
you went to Taichung Intercontinental. I was going to say international. Taichung Intercontinental Baseball Stadium in Taichung, Taiwan. This is a big deal for Taiwan. You went to the mm-hmm. final game of the round robin of Pool A, Cuba versus Taiwan, the winner advancing. So let's just start at the beginning of the experience, Joel. Sure. What was the feeling like walking up into that stadium? And if you're with us on YouTube, you can see the clip here of Joel and Maggie walking up to the stadium to uh, to take in Taiwan versus Cuba. Yeah, so here we are. It was uh, it was a great atmosphere outside the stadium. Like you can see, it's very uh, busy, a very festive atmosphere. They had a lot of games and concession stands outside. Uh, it was very cool. Yeah, walking up and kind of seeing the big banner with you know all of the different international players. Uh, it really kind of hit me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm at you know, the world baseball classic for me, this was a bucket list thing that uh, I wanted to do. And so I really kind of was super excited to, you know, kind of, yeah, make that walk up and, you know, go into the stadium to, to check out this game. It was a very cool feeling. I always like when you go to a stadium, if you have to walk upstairs, cause you don't, mm-hmm. you don't see the stadium at first and then it just appears. It's sort of, yeah, it just shows up. Yeah. It's sort of movie like, and mm-hmm. this stadium, although it looks really big on the outside, do you know the capacity? Because I, I know from watching it, it's not a typical North American baseball stadium in terms of its size. It's sorry, I put you on the spot there when I'm asking you the capacity, but it's definitely smaller, <laughs> right? That's, that's yeah, the way it felt I, watching on TV. Yeah, I believe it's it's twenty thousand or less. Like it's not an MLB size stadium. Um, for Taiwan, I feel it's an adequate size stadium uh, based on the you know population we have and you know and whatnot. But it's a nice stadium. It's mm-hmm. very nice when you go into the upper deck. You have a view of the mountains, which is very nice. Uh, so the stadium, yeah, it's very nice. I don't know how old it is, but I was very impressed with, yeah, with the facilities and, and everything they had. It was a nice stadium. Is it fair to call both the game that you went to and the games overall in Taiwan, just generally in Taiwan, more of a party atmosphere? Because watch on TV, it's just so different than the North American experience. It's loud. It's fun. People are always mm-hmm. chanting and I, I think of it as a party watching over here. Is, is it fair to call it that? I think that's a good question, Tass. Um, it's kind of a mix of both. I mean, they want to have fun. Absolutely. And it's very festive and there's a lot of energy and people are into it. But I mean, they want to win. Obviously, those fans, you know, want to see their team do well. It was a very unique situation in the game that we went to because Taiwan was kind of out of it very early. They gave up four runs in the first inning, but those fans did not let up. The game was a bit of a blowout. It turned out to be seven to one, but the fans were just absolutely into that game. It was loud from the first pitch to the final out. It was really a very unique live sports experience because I feel like if, if this happened back home, a lot of people would have left, you know, maybe by the fifth or sixth inning and, you know, the air would have been out of the building completely after kind of a blowout game like that. So it was it was very cool to see. Yeah, and another thing that was unique, the Taiwanese team before first pitch came out and did a huddle and a, a ritual type thing. Basically, you know, some sort of pregame cheer. Is that... Is that common? Is there a significance to that pregame ritual? 
Pass that. Yeah, that I don't know about. I saw that question when we were, uh, you know, going over things. I don't know. Um, I know at the end of the game, mm-hmm. uh, t- the Taiwanese players usually go around the mound and they bow. Uh, it's just kind of a sign of respect. And I think it's a sportsmanship thing and, and a respect thing uh, in terms of surrounding the WBC logo and doing that. I don't really know the significance of of that. I don't know if that's something just the national team does or if that's what professional teams here do. I'm not entirely sure. Okay, let's get to some gameplay. So you are, just to paint the picture, about seven or eight rows back of the dugout, I'd say. And the cheerleaders are on the dugout throughout the game. Live pitches, no matter what the situation is. And from my perspective at home, it feels like they're always cheering, always on the dugout, always leading chants during live play. So there's a pitch mm-hmm. happening. The cheerleaders are, if you're watching on YouTube, they're making things happen. Is that distracting to you, Joel? Uh, it, I've been in this atmosphere before. Uh-huh. Uh, I've seen games in Japan and Korea. So for me, I wouldn't say it was as distracting. I kind of knew that it was going to happen. It's been a while. Um, It definitely was a distraction kind of in the beginning, like getting used to it again. Because, yeah, we were fairly close and the cheerleaders were fairly close to us. So it was it took a bit of time getting used to. But I feel like once I kind of settled in and focused on what was happening in the game, you don't really notice it as much right uh so for me it wasn't a big deal but i would say for the first kind of like inning or two it was definitely you know something different but they the cheerleaders only get up and do this when taiwan is hitting when the opponents are hitting there's no cheerleading but there are some like in-game like just quick chants and they'll shout something out really quick uh but that's only when taiwan is is pitching and in the field Mm, just for the offense Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. Yeah, I, I did at first watching it. I was, I was sort of distracted. I saw there, there was a clip you sent along where a lot of the fans got up when a ball was hit, and they had to look mm-hmm. to see where it was. They were just interested to see where it was, but you kind of have to look a little, a little around uh, the cheerleaders. I would say probably a net positive, though, with the cheerleaders because they get everyone into it. That's that's obviously true. That's clear. It is everybody getting up and getting into it because of them. But the choreography, I think, goes beyond the cheerleaders, right? Because there's also a person leading coordinated cheers and chants. So there's a, a, a man there. I think his name is Travis because yeah. it's, it says Travis on the back of his <laughs> jersey. Okay, clear. Okay, that's what Travis means. What was Travis doing? So they alternate cheerleaders throughout the game. So the cheerleaders, like these girls here, I think like every two innings, they rotated new cheerleaders along with a uh, kind of ringleader, like a a Travis-like character. There was Travis and Rena, and I forget some of the other ones they had. Their name was on the back. But they're basically, they're the ones that will come out and explain the chant to you. And they kind of... They're like the MC of the cheerleaders, if that makes sense. Everyone kind of follows their lead and they'll just get everyone going. Like they've got a microphone or a headset and they'll chant. 
they'll you know do what they have to do to get the crowd riled up because each player has their own unique and special cheer which is crazy and they know that and so they're kind of like the the conductor uh of all the cheering out there it's pretty cool to see i love the fact that so each player comes up and the the crowd gets all together in a particular chant like what is is that curtail to the particular player or is it just sort of different for each each guy each one's different yeah each each one i mean i don't know i don't know what they're saying because my chinese is is terrible i don't speak a lot of chinese unfortunately but i mean each one is different because you can kind of hear what they're saying the music you know all the things involved uh, and then having a live band, I think we're going to talk about that in a minute, but they have a live uh, in-stadium band that plays, you know, like horns and trumpets and all those other instruments uh, to get the fans going. Uh, just really quickly, I posted a video of this. One of the players had uh, the Mega Man theme as his song, oh, as his cheering right song. Up your alley. Which I thought, I know, I was loving. I'm like, that's the Mega Man song. Yeah, so... <laughs> It's it's just so cool that they have all of that. I know players in MLB have their own walk-up songs, and usually like it's a, a rock song or a rap song or country, whatever the player likes. But this is totally different. I mean, they have a live in-house band basically playing them to the plate and then like while they're hitting. It's very, very unique and different. Yeah, the benefit is you get everybody involved. And what, mm. you know, whether, whether or not it's, uh, hey – you Chang, you were three for three last night. Like if it's if it's extremely specific or not, it doesn't matter. It just gets everybody involved. It, it reminds me of you know English soccer. Like there's there's mm-hmm. there's chants throughout the game and everybody knows them. But yeah, to take the North American, this is your walk up song. Uh, here's mm-hmm. here's your Nickelback. But you take it <laughs> you take it up a notch by throwing in. Uh, you know, a, a particular a chant, a specialized chant. I, yeah. I, is is that band that you mentioned, do they play the songs for the players to walk up to? Yeah, they play They, they play the whole game. They, they play the entire game and they'll play, like I said, when Taiwan, yeah, there's the band there. When uh, And when Taiwan's on defense, like I said, those, those male kind of uh, MC cheerleaders, I don't know what to really call them, but they'll kind of shout something out randomly and you'll just hear the band just for quick two or three seconds, they'll play something and then cut it off. Yeah, so it is really unique and and when the and so when the Taiwanese players like I said when they're hitting, they've got this band playing their song and the fans are chanting their are singing their song or you know chanting whatever it is and it's just I, I like if I were a hitter, I would find that very distracting I feel, but that's just how it is here. I guess they're used to it. <laughs> yeah, but you get, I bet you get used to it too. Um, mm-hmm. You're uh you're a great hitter, I'm sure. Uh, but no, I'm sure you, you know it would just sort of get, you know, become commonplace, right? I think with all the the cheerleaders out there, both male and female, we call them cheerleaders now here in North America. Everybody's everybody's equal on the cheerleading field. I think everybody oh, thro- sure. throws up their pom poms. Um, uh, you, I mentioned quickly uh, Yu Chang, who plays for the Red Sox. Uh, definitely a, a tough. Tough game for him, as you said. They lost seven mm-hmm. one. Uh, heartfelt moment at the end of the game uh, with Yu Chang was, you know, he's in tears essentially. Uh, yeah. But tough loss, I suppose. Were they expected to move on? Obviously, they didn't uh, move on. 
at home in Taiwan where they expected to? They had a chance. You know, that pool was total chaos in the end. All teams finished two and two. Uh, like if, I mean, I'm not surprised by what happened. Like Tess put it this way. If Taiwan had have gone through, I wouldn't have been surprised. Uh, they didn't go through. I'm also not surprised. Uh, they had they played well offensively, but their pitching was just way too thin. Uh, they they should have beat Panama. I think that's the game that they'll look back on and they'll like, oof, you know, we they they dropped the opening game twelve five to Panama, but then played really well and beat Italy and uh, the Netherlands, and that was kind of unexpected. And then Cuba, I legitimately thought was fifty fifty the way things were going. Um, so, like to answer your question. I it's hard to give an answer because I, I kind of think like they're right on they're right on the cusp. I mean, them making it, them not making it. I don't think it's a surprise either way. Taiwan's gone through to the second round before in a previous WBC. Um, I just yeah, I'm not really surprised one way or another by Taiwan not going through or potentially going through. Yeah. And that's a fun part of the WBC. You don't really know who's uh, going to advance because there are mm-hmm. a lot of good teams. Uh, and before we move on to more of the, the the generic topics I want to get to about the World Baseball Classic, you saw one game outside the stadium that I wanted to point out because I don't think I've ever seen it in North America. Uh, it's to try and explain it. It's like a, an eight-foot-tall structure that has these sort of things hanging from yeah. it that look like miniature pool noodles hanging sort of vertically and they they drop one by one and the person playing the game has to grab each one so it's sort of like a hand-eye coordination thing this must have been intense to watch it was i've never seen a game like this before okay um there was a huge lineup to play it too this was one of the games outside the stadium and there was a huge lineup to play it people were eager i mean it it was just i mean people were just frozen some like they didn't even react to when it fell it looked like a very hard game that guy that we just posted there on video he actually probably did the best out of any of the people that uh, i saw yeah oh wow did you or maggie get in there no tass i mean come on you've known me 20 years (laughs) how many athletic things have you seen me do like have you even seen me run in 20 years no not playing this game come on uh uh, yeah i i wouldn't categorize it as athletic though it's, I you got to be nimble. You got to be nimble, Tass. That dexterity. <laughs> it's hand-eye coordination, and that's uh, you know I, I kind of like the fact that you called it athletic because if there's any athleticism I have left, it's a little bit of hand-eye coordination. So it mm-hmm. made me smile when you called it athletic. But uh, <laughs> you're standing there. You're flat-footed. You're not moving. You're you just you just got to be somewhat nimble. I mean, it's kind of like banging the alligator. At like uh, an arcade, you know, like the when the oh the the wa- yeah the when you hit them with the mallet yeah whack a mole yeah whack a mole yeah that's it that type of thing. So I'm like, come on, get on there, especially because you were with Maggie and she was filming. We we could have had great content here, Joel. Think <laughs> think about the additional content here for no bunts on the Athletic MLB show premiere episode. I know. Uh, I I would like to just post that guy. But there was a huge yeah. <laughs> There was a huge line. There, there was just a huge line to, to play that game. If I had a, been in line, I probably would have missed the first inning or two of the game. There was a massive line to play that, yeah. All right. Well, you got there pretty early, I thought. 
You fed the cats. Yeah, early. we got there. Yeah, I got there at about 10, 1030. Yeah, game was at 12. 12 o'clock baseball game. It was different. Too early? Yeah, for me. <laughs> yeah, it's like 12 o'clock. Uh, it's a bit early. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jolie. Uh, we'll take a, a quick break. Uh, but after it, the top five things the MLB should adopt from the WBC. We'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Back with No Bunts, Joel joining me from Taiwan. We will get to the new MLB rules and how they're working a little later on in the show. I'm excited. I'm excited for quicker games, Joel. It is working. But first, mm-hmm. I want to get to the top five things Major League Baseball could adopt from the World Baseball Classic. Top five, top five, top five. Top five, top five, top five. Yeah, some unique things going on in the World Baseball Classic. At number five, a very unique one. This one's going to be controversial. The mercy rule. There's a mercy rule in the WBC, specifically a 15-run lead after five innings or a 10-run lead after seven innings. The game is called. Now, adopting it in the MLB, it's going to mess up some stats. It just will never happen. Uh, But I just wanted to talk about it because – it's happened a few times here in pool play. Uh, Korea hammered China, hammered China twenty-two to two. Israel got mercyed a couple times. So, Joel, do you like the mercy rule? I guess you can take it from both angles for the WBC and for Major League Baseball. Uh, that's a simple one for me, Tess. WBC, it's I would say it's necessary. MLB, no way. Uh, I I can't see them implementing a, a mercy rule. I think that, like to me, I like I'm very on board with a lot of the rule changes they've made going into the season. I know we're going to talk about that later, but in terms of a mercy rule, that's that's a bridge too far for me. I, I've got an open mind on most stuff, but not <laughs> not an MLB. No way. Well, let me try and open your mind a little bit. <laughs> okay, you just said a lot of uh, people walk out of the stadium because they're done with it. I would say. F- uh, th- Despite having huge comebacks in the playoffs last year, in the 2022 MLB playoffs, I think there was a couple nine runners as Blue Jays fans. Oh, Tass. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, oh. Yeah, we're not. We know. We know. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going to extend it to a 10-run lead here or a 15-run lead. No one's coming back from that. It just doesn't happen. I mean, it's rare. It's yeah, like it's it's rare, um, and it's it you know it's it hasn't happened very often. But the fact that it can happen, 
is is just like to me right there that's a case to not have a, a mercy rule at all mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah just just keep it in i don't think that needs to change and also tass like one of the cool like baseball's got a lot of quirks to it and i feel one of the cool things is seeing position players pitch yeah and if you if you get rid of the mercy rule i know it's like something silly and it's not really important to the game but at least if you if your team's getting beaten like 20 to nothing like you know seeing some like seeing a a right fielder come in and pitch and you know just lob one at like you know 30 or 40 miles an hour and a guy just swing right through it like the fans get into that it's still fun i think that's a a, a unique thing about baseball and if you implemented a mercy rule in mlb you would get rid of that i don't think it's worth saving i just don't think it kind of fits it doesn't really make sense to have in in the mlb but but tying it back to the wbc because it's at the beginning of the season guys aren't fully ramped up there's injury concerns there's a lot of factors going into it as to why they have those limitations especially with pitchers and the mercy rule so wbc i'm fully for but mlb tasks that's not 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 good for me not happening (laughs) hey I'm just throwing it out there. This is the perfect umbrella to put it in. I okay. The, the top this top five list because I totally totally agree. I, I just needed a, I just needed something to, to, <laughs> to just you know group these all together here. The to this top mm-hmm. five list. I'm, I'm totally, uh, totally on board with never having a mercy rule. And the fact that the games are going to get quicker this year in Major League Baseball because of the, this, the pitch clock and the new rules, that's another argument against having a mercy rule. The games are fast enough. You mentioned pitchers uh, that are position players, also extremely fun. Also broadcasters now with this new story time, or this new uh, sped up game, they don't have the opportunity to tell their stories. So this is these, baseball is all about story time. I think from a, you know, a broadcaster perspective, there's a great article on The Athletic actually about broadcasters having to adapt to a new situation, uh, new circumstances where games are getting sped up, and story time just ain't there. But if you got a 22-2 to two game uh, like Korea beat China, <laughs> then you can have some story time. Although I will say in the WBC, because there's 24 teams and there's teams of obviously varying strengths, I thought there'd be more mercy rule games but i think there's only been three i mentioned israel twice and china once there but i think that's it either way well tess when we were talking on the phone last night canada got mercied oh canada mercied so tess canada mercied great britain and then the next day got mercied by usa Uh, which i thought was kind of cool but yeah (laughs) right 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 yeah i missed the the canadian ones because i just i just didn't count those uh they yeah they hammered uh great britain and then And then got hammered, yeah. Yeah, got smashed. Okay, Uh, number four here, things that uh, MLB can adopt, better sportsmanship. I know this was vague. This was vague, but um, I I think we can have a little more respect for each other. We saw Japanese pitcher Roki Sasaki give Czech Republic's William Escala two giant bags of candy. That's sportsmanship. Why? Because he hit him with a pitch. So he, afterward, uh, he gave him uh, a couple bags of candy just because he is so sportsmanlike. There was no bench-clearing brawl. There was just candy. <laughs> and I loved this moment. Yeah. I loved it. 
Yeah, I well in the NBA, like they exchange jerseys, don't they? Is that something to do? In the, do they exchange jerseys? Yeah, it's like it's pretty commonplace. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think it. I don't see why you couldn't do that uh, or something similar to that uh, in baseball. It's a very international sport at this point and i think it would be uh yeah i think it would be a nice touch you know come to think about it even you know like at the like with um with american football i, I call it american football because it's got a different meaning over here but you know like with basketball and american football and even at the end of a playoff hockey series you got you see guys shaking hands and giving each other hugs and you know being a bit more relaxed but i feel like you don't really see that in baseball like even when a when a playoff series is over guys kind of celebrate and if they do talk i don't really see them talking too much to each other on the field so yeah tess i'm i'm very much on board with you know greater open signs of sportsmanship i think it sends a great message to fans of all ages and i just think it's it's feel good moment it's it's cool to see these guys are fiercely competitive but i think at the end of the day you know they're they're good people and they want to send a good message to the fans so more sportsmanship you know more displays of that i think is great you know for everyone involved there's no real negatives to it I may be assuming this, but in league play in Korea, Taiwan, and Japan, are there bench-clearing brawls? I would imagine there's fewer. Maybe that's just an assumption of mine. I feel like that's just not as commonplace as we see here in Major League Baseball. Yeah, it's very – I mean, from what I understand, uh, it's it's very, very – rare for a physical altercation to break out not only in baseball but in uh, in any other sport yeah that's just not kind of how they they play the game here it's respect joel that's what it's it is all, respect that's what it's all about and you know how we'd see better sportsmanship in mlb is if we had number three here on the list of things that the MLB could adopt from WBC. If we had a clear representation of the country a player is from, I'm enjoying seeing that in the World Baseball Classic. For instance, we got Freddie Freeman playing for the Canadian national team. Although he is American, born and raised in the U.S., his mom was Canadian. She died when he was young. He wanted to honor her, so he plays for the Canadian national team. I think we could have some representation of that on a jersey even. I know we get a little of that. We do get some of that throughout the MLB season, but why not a little Canadian flag? Maybe it's just because we're Canadian here. I'm enjoying mm-hmm. for seeing Freddie Freeman, but from all countries, every single player is extremely proud of where they're from. So, yeah, I, I, I see in the NBA, they saw a little Larry O'Brien on the back of jerseys if that franchise has won a title. I, the same sort of thing, like that, just that tiny little spot, or is does that even happen? Am I missing it in Major League Baseball? Where where do they show their their national pride? It's not on a jersey. No, not like in terms of the professional uniforms. There's nothing like that. I think that would be. I think that would be a nice touch. I know once. I think it's called like the Players Weekend Task. I'm not sure the exact name but the the players can customize the names on the back of their jersey and i think the mlb's kind of a bit looser with the rules that weekend in terms of uniform maybe they might be able to stick you know the flag of their country or the flag of the country that they want to uh honor you know or show respect for during that weekend i think that would be a nice touch i mean they can wear it all year round i'm not 
like I have no I have nothing against it. But in terms of that existing in the game right now, I don't think anything like that uh, is happening. Yeah, obviously, I'm reaching and saying that uh, there would be better sportsmanship if they just had a flag on their jersey. Of course, that's not going to happen. But you never know. You never know. Mm-hmm. In international competition, everybody's just 10 percent more respectful. And uh, they they just uh, appreciate you know everybody's background a little bit more. So I got I would see nothing wrong with that. Speaking mm-hmm. of uh, players like Freddie Freeman, for instance, even though he's American, playing for the Canadian national team, I mean, you've got some Canadian and American ties, right? Which that one, I do. Which one? Which team are you playing for? Or if you know if you're the equipment manager for one team, like let's not. You said you're not <laughs> athletic, so maybe you're not playing. You're not in the game. But which one? Which one are you representing? If you had to pick, um, I was just Tass, curious. Tass, can I go wild card and can I say I'd represent Taiwan? <laughs> no, that, that sounds great. Yeah, I'm going to, I mean, it's home. I mean, I've lived here, I've lived here 10 years. I mean, of course I love Canada, you know, and my mom's American. I've got citizenships of both, but, you know, for the sake of this question, yeah, I'm going to, going to throw on the, uh, going to throw on the colors of Taiwan and uh, represent home. What a wild card. I was not expecting that. Great answer, Joel. I want, you know, Tass, I want horns and I want 20,000 people chanting my name in a stadium. I mean, that would be a moment for me. So I don't think I would really get that if I if I played for Team Canada or Team USA. So I want that. <laughs> I'm going to choose Team Taiwan as a wild card. All right. Great answer. Really great answer. Uh, uh, one other thing I wanted to note. You'd be a star in Taiwan. Shohei Otani is a star everywhere. Can you explain the video of people taking a photograph of a ball that has nothing to do with Shohei Otani in terms of the actual ball, but was that a ball that he hit out of the park and and people were sort of passing it down the line in the stadium to take photos of? Was it simple as that? Yeah, he, he hit a home run. I think it was the, I believe it was the Australia game and he hit a home run and yeah, fans were just, passing it around and taking photos. I mean, that's a testament really to how popular he is in Japan. Uh, When I was, you know, when I was kind of getting ready to do this show, I was watching a a couple of videos and Japan played two warm-up games against a professional team in Japan. I forget which one. And that game drew 30 million people on TV, like on, like watching in Japan, just to watch an exhibition game. So I'm going to say that again, 30 million people <laughs> tuned in to watch. And I think a big reason obviously is Otani. Cause you know, and I think we talked about this back in the fall when I was in Atlanta, I mean, he's a, he's just a superstar. I don't know how, I don't know how else to put it, but every single thing he does is uh, people just want to talk about it. People want to film it. Uh, he just has that aura about him, especially in Japan, but also, you know, among uh, North American. And I would say like all baseball fans really at this point. All right. Great stuff. Thank you for clarifying that. Okay. Number two on the list of the top five things MLB could adopt from the WBC, the short plexiglass wall to protect fans surrounding the infield. So to paint the picture, behind the backstop, there's the, the mesh that we all know, and that sort of extends to the dugout. But on the Taiwanese field, there's plexiglass extending from the dugout sort of beyond almost to the foul pole. You can tell me. I I guess it doesn't go that far, but it's sort of like hockey boards and and the glass Mm -hmm. that goes above them just to protect 
the fans just a, a little bit more. Do you like that plexiglass? Because I know we're getting into the sort of the nitty gritty here, but mm. that's what I love to get into, Joel. Are you a fan of it? <laughs> I like Tass, to be honest, I've been different on it. It doesn't it doesn't add or take anything away from the, the fan experience in terms of watching the game. And if it's there to keep fans safe, I, I, I'm not going to argue against it. I know some people might not like it, especially when they came in with the mesh nets a couple of years ago and, you know, they've kind of built on that, but the, the plexiglass, it's obviously a different material. It, it plays differently. Um, I don't know how players necessarily feel about it, uh, but as a fan, like I personally have nothing uh, against it. And Tess, I don't know if you remember speaking of plexiglass, <laughs> Do you remember the Minnesota Twins when they played at the Metrodome? They had plexiglass in the outfield. Right. I do, do you remember, remember that? that. Yeah, I do remember yeah. that. Yeah. I remember that I don't that I don't like. That I thought was very bizarre and strange because if you wanted to hit a home run, you had to hit it over the plexiglass, which I kind of feels very strange. Uh that's the only thing I can remember off the top of my head in terms of MLB stadiums having it. Uh, but in terms of like from where we were sitting and, you know, the stadium experience, it didn't really affect me one way or the other. And if it keeps fans safe, I think that should be paramount in stadium design. So, you know, I'm I'm not going to argue against it. Yeah, you're indifferent. That's what I was worried about. Indifference, never good on a podcast. <laughs> hey, that's my fault. I'm getting. I'm, I, I definitely get into the the yeah the the detail. Just it looks it just looks a little different. Maybe protecting fans from uh, yeah a liner. But I, I you, you took me back the '91 World Series when Jack Morris pitched that ten game or ten inning game. Oh, classic! Why, why there was a moment where uh, the outfielder went up and against against the plexiglass. I think maybe because. Did Kirby Puckett hit a solo home run that game, or or am I misremembering? Maybe I'm thinking of Kirby Puckett running into the f- plexiglass, but it is strange to yeah. see that material on uh, on the fence. But I'm sure we'll get into that type of thing here on No Buns. I want to talk about the unique fences. They changed it in our Sky Dome. <clears throat> Excuse me. They changed the 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 fencing, how tall it is this upcoming season. So I can't wait to talk about that with you, Joel. You you, you mm. said that it plays a little different in this particular instance in Taiwan in the World Baseball Classic. You would never play it off that component of the fence because it's in foul territory, right? Like it would just... Yeah, once once it hits the mesh and and I'm assuming once it hits the plexiglass, it's out of play. You can't you can't play it on a bounce and be like, oh, I caught it. It's once it hits the mesh or the plexiglass, it technically it's, it's out of play. It's just there, yeah, to keep fans uh, protected. Okay, the number one thing to top, to wrap this list up, that the WBC has taught MLB is that we need individualized chance. Those chants, and, and I said it's in European football as well, they have to happen. We can do this. We can do this as fans to have 10,000 people chanting the same thing for whoever, every single player in MLB. Mm-hmm. Xander Bogarts should have a chant, and it shouldn't just mm-hmm. be it shouldn't just be the walk-up song. I think we can do this. I think that's something North American sports are kind of lagging behind. We can do this, Joel. Uh, I yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, 
that would be awesome. And fans would get into it too. And you could be creative and you could go on social media and, you know, I don't know how you'd put it together, but yeah, there's a lot of opportunities there to, you know, come up with really fun and creative chants, you know, based on their interests or, you know, something like a funny anecdote about their life, whatever. Yeah. Lots of opportunities there. It's just that, that constant level of noise and loud and intimidating it's just you like Tess, like you said, you don't have that atmosphere, I feel, in North American stadiums and not only in baseball, but I would say like in the other major sports, it's more reactive. A player makes a play and fans react and there's nothing wrong with that. Whereas I would say like in terms of baseball in East Asia, you're just constantly cheering. And of course, you're going to react to to good or bad plays, but, you know, you're only reacting when you're watching a game stateside. Guys, I tried to implement this back in the early 90s when I used to go to (laughs) baseball games with one player in particular, and I can't remember who he played for, but Kenny Rogers, me and my buddy, Jim Evangelou, shout out to Jim. We would sing The Gambler every time Every time we would see Kenny Rogers, and we would try to get everybody in our section to sing The Gambler because, you know, Kenny Rogers. No takers. (laughs) No takers, but that's the idea, right? Absolutely. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Let's make this happen, guys. This year, the 2023 gotcha. is the year of the personalized chant. J- I'm in. JD I'm in. is in. Kenny Rogers. Forgot about Kenny Rogers. The gambler. <clears throat> that must have been his nickname. You would think. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. He was an interesting guy, too. He had a bit of a temper on him. He was yeah. uh, he was a pretty intense dude, if I remember. Uh, but I think he pitched either a no-hitter or a perfect game at one point, too. He kind of had an interesting career. The lefty hurler. <clears throat> Excuse me. Four-time All-Star. World Series champ. Yeah, thanks for taking me back, J.D. <laughs> okay. And great poker player. An amazing <laughs> poker player. An amazing poker player. All right, we've got to take one more break here on No Bunts, but after it, the MLB rules that they've implemented this spring are working, baby. We'll get into it. When you get injured, you don't want to wait for answers and options. That's why it may be time to explore the Nano Experience, a revolutionary treatment option designed to help active people get back to the lifestyles they love. Nanotechnology allows surgeons to see inside even the smallest joints and treat orthopedic conditions with a tiny camera and other nano instrumentation, all through a barely there poke hole incision. Wherever you've experienced an injury, whether it be a foot and ankle, hand and wrist, shoulder and elbow, knee or hip, Nanoarthroscopy can be used to diagnose and treat your condition in an extremely, minimally invasive way. Don't wait to learn about the revolutionary nano experience and how it could help you or someone you know after an injury. Visit arthrex.info slash the athletic. This is not medical advice and is not meant to be a substitute for advice from your physician. Talk with your physician about your health condition, potential surgical risks, and whether Arthrex products are right for you. Postoperative management is patient-specific and dependent upon your physician's assessment. Individual results will vary. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, we are back with No Bunts. 
Joel, I didn't even plan it that there was that Jonathan Taylor Thomas joke in that Indochino <laughs> ad. If you heard an Indochino ad, a home improvement Jonathan Taylor Thomas joke, that again right up your alley. Uh, we're getting a little we're getting a little older, Joel. But I did not. We are. I did not plan that whatsoever. And there we are. Did you watch Home Improvement? Oh yeah, of course. I feel like Home Improvement was a is a classic rerun show. Tell me more. Like it's just always I feel like there was that period like when it was on and shortly like we're in syndication it was just always on. It was always on a channel like whether it was 9:30 a.m. or 2:30 in the afternoon, you could always watch Home Improvement. Yeah, it was on a lot. Yeah, it was just always on in syndication. It's like a perfect syndication show. <laughs> yeah, more appreciated in syndication and reruns than it was just like The Wire, you know, than it was actually when it was released. You think? Oh, Tass, that's bold. Know. Tass, that's bold. I, I, mean, I think I, it was a massive hit when it was uh, – I think it was the yeah. number one show when it was airing, like appointment viewing. Home Improvement was appointment I viewing. I would think, yeah. Timmy. Yeah, it was It was up there. It, it Yeah. I mean, I don't know. But... got to look at the ratings. <laughs> we got to look at the Nielsen ratings. Yeah. Let me look it up. You guys continue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking about ratings and numbers – Major League Baseball has cut down the average game time this spring by a lot because of the new MLB rules they're implemented. They are working. Just as a refresher, the big one, the pitch clock. The pitcher has to deliver the ball in 15 seconds with no one on base, and then it gets up to 20 seconds with runners on base. Otherwise, the umpire will add a ball to the count. Okay, so that's the big one. We'll get into a few more later. But Jason Stark at The Athletic, he broke this all down for us. Through two weeks of spring training, the average game time this spring is a mere two hour, two hours and 36 minutes. Last year in spring, games were three hours and one minute. So cut down of 25 minutes. Last year in the regular season, games were a little bit longer than they were in spring training, three hours and six minutes. So you can project that a game would be on average two hours and 40 minutes and it's only going to get shorter because it's not a uh, a violation fest at all you'd, you'd expect these new rules you'd have a lot of violations but the pitch clock violations per game are going down as the weeks go on in spring training it was about two in the first week one and a half in the second week and that's similar to the pattern in the minor leagues when this was tested last year where the violation rate dropped every week from 1.73 down to 1.29, down all the way to 0.73 in, in four weeks. But one other thing that's a little interesting, Joel, mm-hmm. mound visits are up, as Jason Stark points out, because it's a way around getting a, a pitch clock violation. Because if time is ticking down, a catcher will just say, hey, time, 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 I want to go visit the pitcher. Although that's not really extending the game a lot. You have five mound visits per game you don't necessarily want to use them in the first or second or third inning it's kind of like you know timeouts in, in other sports you don't want to utilize them all right at the beginning so that's that's mm-hmm. just interesting stuff I'm, i just wanted to point out uh, and the other rule changes which are uh, being implemented are also working if you remember we went through this last year but batters also have to be in the box and ready with eight seconds left on the pitch clock the bases are bigger. They're 18 inch by 18 inch rather than 15 by 15. And the limit on pickoff attempts 
have quickened the game and also have encouraged stealing so far in spring training, Joel. This is exciting stuff. So mm-hmm. the base is being bigger, you know, just getting a wee bit closer and a limit on pickoff attempts have increased steal attempts by 50% to 2.4 per game. Any thoughts just on the uh, the spring training little experiment we've had so far? I love all of it. Uh, I love all of it. Uh, the argument, the argument against the pitch clock, I feel is antiquated. You know, oh, you know, when fans say, oh, I, but I like the the mental element where you know a, a batter steps out and adjusts his gloves and makes the pitcher's wait, or or the pitcher, you know, makes the the batter try to mess up his timing, things like that. These like the pitch clock is basically getting rid of all of the dead time, which there is a lot of in baseball. Uh, I heard the same numbers you did, Tass. I absolutely love it. The, it's still 27 outs. It's still, you know, you still got to, you know, still three strikes, four balls, all that thing. Mm-hmm. Nothing about like the rules have changed. This just simply speeds it up and gets rid of all of the dead time. Uh, You're going to see more athleticism on display. It's going to be interesting to see, is it going to be advantageous to hitters? Is it going to be advantageous to pitchers? Uh, Are pitchers going to take advantage of this? I watched a video earlier about how Max Scherzer kind of used it to his advantage where he basically just held on to the ball as long as possible and then the batter didn't really know what to do like scherzer (laughs) just standing there and then he basically forced the batter to call time and a batter only has one of those per at bat and then as soon as he got in scherzer basically didn't waste any time and he threw a strike and he struck him out so you know pitchers can exploit it i guess maybe hitters can exploit it as well but it's speeding up the game. The game's still exciting. I don't think it's going to affect scoring or like how the games are really going to be played. Uh, there's really not a, there's no data yet. It's really hard to gauge how good or bad this is going to be, but based on the early returns in spring training, and it's a small sample size in the spring training, but you know, it's, it's very positive. And with the bases, another thing too, uh, the base, the bigger bases are also intended to reduce injury. Sometimes guys, especially at first base when they're kind of leaning, you know, and stretching to make a big play. Sometimes it's bang, bang and first baseman will get their leg or their ankle, sorry, not their leg, but their foot or their ankle will get spiked and stepped on and guys can get hurt. So it also potentially reduces injury. So, I love all of the rule changes. I'm excited to see how this is going to affect pace of play, and it's going to make it a much quicker game. But I I like the early returns, and I think it's going to make for a much better product overall. Yeah, not even to mention uh, the elimination of the shift, which is awesome. Uh, That just just moving guys back on the right side of bases, as, as we've seen in the past. Yeah, guys are getting used to it. There's been some additional box. You mentioned Max Scherzer with the quick pitch. I think he was called for one quick pitch that was a balk because he didn't allow the batter to get ready, uh, which was funny to see. So there's been some funny stuff. A game ended on a violation when a batter yeah. uh, wasn't in the box. He got called for a strike, and the game was over, and there was no pitch. <laughs> but... That's what uh, spring training is all about, just trying to work out these kinks. Again, the mm-hmm. uh, the violations are going down. Also, the duration of games is going down, and that's what matters, Joel. Uh, so uh, yeah. let's wrap it up here. We're going to uh, we're gonna go quicker this year as well on no bunts. We're going to shorten up our uh, our pods. <laughs> what do you think about that? Or you you want to go back to the old way of 
four hour pods. Not that we ever had four hour pods. <laughs> you want to do you want to do a podcast clock? So I've only got fifteen seconds. I've got to be I've got to be making eye contact with you by eight seconds before I answer. Uh, Great idea. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to do either or. I can adjust, Tess. I can adjust. You are. You're adaptable, Joel. You absolutely. <laughs> I are. am. I am. Thank you very much for noticing. <laughs> All right. Uh, we will- quick circle back. Uh, yeah. Home Improvement peaked. In its third season, 1993, 35 million viewers. That's the number Gazooks. The number two show in America just after 60 Minutes. To put that in perspective, last year, Whoa. the number one show was Sunday Night Football, 18 million views. Okay, well, so, it's a different time. A different time, wow. yes, a different, different time. time. But I'm talking the number one show, number three, 1993, was Seinfeld. So okay. it was very that popular. Many million people. That's amazing. It is amazing. 30 million people for home improvement. Wow. Yep. I need some improvement on my 90s <laughs> sitcom knowledge. Wow. It's Call worse. me after, Tess. Call me after. I'll, I'll help you. I can help with that. <laughs> its worst season was its last season, 17.7 million. So thus basically the same amount of viewers for Thursday night or uh, Sunday night football. That is today. That is Phenomenal. Crazy, right? Home improvement. Wow. (laughs) Never would have thought. (laughs) Amazing. I apologize for relating it to the wire. That just wasn't right. Um, Anyway. (laughs) Good stuff. Congrats to Tim Allen. uh, And uh, congrats to us, our first show here in the books on the Athletic MLB Show feed. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your pods or on YouTube where we stream live on Wednesdays. We'll be back next week when the World Baseball Classic is all done. So we'll talk about the semis and the finals. And Joel, we could have Taiwan losing to a potential World Baseball Classic champion. I'm watching right now. Cuba is winning in the quarterfinals. So they'll be... uh, They'll be over here stateside if they do finish the job against Australia. Middle of the eighth, Cuba's up four, mm-hmm. four three. So that would be a uh, yeah, a little yeah, a little notch in the belt to Taiwan. Whenever you lose to the champion, yeah. if that happens, Tass, can I just jump in really quickly yeah. before we finish here? Yes, sir. Okay. This is my recommendation to you or for any kind of casual baseball fan or real baseball fan, whatever. The Dominican Republic plays Puerto Rico Wednesday night, like obviously stateside. That is appointment viewing. That is going to be a very loud, emotional, boisterous game. Both of those countries, huge baseball countries. And because Venezuela already clinched, like they're already going through. They're already going through to the next round. They kind of had some big upsets. The winner of the Dominican and Puerto Rico, two early tournament favorites, they play Wednesday night, tonight, and that game is going to be massive. So to me, that's appointment viewing. I'm going to wake up early and uh, watch it before I've, I've got to teach, uh, but I can't wait. That atmosphere, and I, I believe it's in Miami, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. um, it is just going to be an unreal game, and it's I can't wait. Thank you, sir. Thank you for their recommendation. I appreciate that. We'll be back next week to talk about, I'm sure, that game and the elimination round. That'll be all wrapped up once we jump on board next week on No Bunts. Last question, Joel. We've been on, you know, for about an hour or so. Are you going to feed your cats again? <laughs> nope. The machine, they're not going to eat again until 7 a.m. GMT plus 8. 10 hours from now. That's rough. No. Yeah. 10 hours. 
Poor cats. They're fine. They're fine. Her intermittent fasting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Great stuff. We will see you next week on No Buns. Thanks, everybody. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.